Well, good morning, dear church family. Lovely to see you. If you're watching online, good morning. And if you're watching from the venue, good morning. Lovely to see you. If you've been away, welcome back. Joey and Sarah, welcome back from honeymoon. Hooray! <laughs> Actually, by the way, John Thompson got married yesterday down in, in, to Corrie. So uh, who was at that wedding? Anyone at that? Yeah, one or two of you at that wedding. Very good. No, welcome. Lovely to be together. What a, what a morning. What a, quite, quite, an, uh, quite an emotional morning in many ways. Thank you, Jenny, for leading us some wonderful songs there. It's beautiful songs. I, I love that. Was that the first time we've sung that song about uh, the stones crying out? And yet, I alone have the ability to see. I, I can't remember the word. I love that song. It was a, did you get that one? Did you hear? Did you pick that song up on the way? Lovely song. Our privilege to worship, you know? All of creation longing to burst out in, in worship. We have that, that ability. What a joy. Thank you. I'm going to get Jenny to, to sing a bit later on. Um, I'm speaking this morning about... Um, Trials. That's <laughs> um, not what I'm down to speak about. I'm down to speak about wisdom. But actually, this whole first section of James, the whole context is trials. So I want to speak a bit more about trials. God's already been speaking to us in some very powerful ways through Roger Brought and Stefka and others. It, it, trials are real. And I guess... This applies to quite a lot of us here going through some trials. So, Lord, please speak to us. Your word is alive and it's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's life-changing. And we really, really want to be hearing you this morning. So please come and speak to us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, what a blessing. The clock's gone. I have no idea what the time is. Oh, no, it's not. It's there. <laughs> Can't see it. I had a, I've got a blind spot over there. Okay, we're in the book of James. And uh, I'm actually, although the words that come up, I, you, you won't, I'm going to read from verse 2, uh, so that you'll miss a couple of verses on, on the screen, but I'm going to read from verse 2 down to verse 12, okay, to give you the, the context. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded, unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation because they're going to pass away like a wild flower. Sun rises with scorching heat, withers the plant, the blossom falls... The beauty is destroyed, and in the same way, the rich will fade away 
even while they go about their business. But blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those that love him. Recently, a pilot was practicing high-speed manoeuvres in a jet fighter. She turned the controls for what she thought was a steep ascent and flew straight into the ground. She was unaware that she had been flying upside down. And that's a parable of modern life, isn't it? Living at high speed, Impressive manoeuvres. Wow, look at that. But so often people have no idea where the trajectory of their journey is taking them. And James is writing to dear believers who, they're, they're just kind of, they're facing some really challenging moments. They're facing trials. They're the the Christ ones, Christians, they're, they're not, they're kind of, uh, they don't fit in with the culture around them. They're kind of mocked and made fun of. Some of them even lost their, their property because, of, because they're Christians. It's happening now in some parts of the world. And James is writing to these dear people because he wants to help them Keep their head when everyone else is losing theirs. He wa- he's concerned that they and us li- live as authentic followers of Jesus, even, or I should say especially, when the circumstances around you could throw you. I wonder if that might be applying to you this morning. They're under pressure, these dear people, It's a vulnerable moment. Is it worth it? Is it really worth following Jesus? It's costing me. Is it worth it? Where's God in this? Anyone here facing trials? Angie and I know a little bit about trials. It was uh, four years ago yesterday, our daughter Ali died very suddenly after a quick... uh, Brutally quick illness, it lasted two weeks, and she died. And uh, uh, that was challenging, to say the least. We know a little bit about trials. We've learned some things on the way. And I trust this morning that, that, that God's word would speak to us, all of us, as we grapple with things that hit us. I know some of you are hitting big things right now. And you're wondering where God is well, I think I do believe the Lord has something for us this morning. He wants to. Uh, uh, the, the lovely thing is about James. You know, he he's writing with an urgency. He he knows how important this is. And uh, just like Jesus, when Jesus taught, he was quite a uh, he, he t- taught in quite a radical way to get people's attention. You know, uh, he used uh, met- powerful metaphors and paradox. You know, the the, the rich are poor. The the, 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 you know, the, the, what, what other ones are there? I've written down somewhere. I can't remember what they all were now. Oh, yes, the, the weak are strong, the empty are full, the slave is free, the curse are blessed. Jesus used these powerful kind of uh, paradoxes 
to wake people up and parables. And James does the same thing here. So I mean, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? You know, they're under pressure. They're going through it. First thing he says, count it joy. Count it all joy, beloved. What? What? Count it joy. Well, I'm not going to teach too much on that because Marcus did it last week. <laughs> Listen to the recording. Count it joy. Why? Can you? Well, yes, because actually God's at work and he could be doing something beautiful. In fact, trials are moments when God can most often do beautiful things in our lives. And if you're, please, I want to say to you this morning, if you are going through a trial, I want to say to you, it's a, it's a moment. Yes, we're living in a broken world. We, we don't know why why God allows certain things to happen in our lives. But we do know that he is good, that he is kind, that he is faithful, that he has promised. And in those trials, there are opportunities for him to do something beautiful. There's a song. Um, I don't know. Should we have a go at this? I don't know whether. Should we have a go at this? What, what do you think, Sam? Should we have a go? It's written by... Let's just start playing it and watch it. we can fade it up a little bit. It's written by Laura Story. Soon after they'd got married, discovered her husband had a brain tumour. And she wrote this song about, it's called Blessings. And it, she didn't think it would have much of an impact. But it, it, okay, fade it up. See if you can hear the words. We pray for blessing. We pray for peace. Comfort for family. Protection while we sleep. I remember that bit. We pray for healing. We pray for healing. For prosperity. Prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And while you hear each spoken need. Yet love is way too much to give us lesser things. Cause what if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? What if trials of this life? Okay, we can fade that. Did you hear that? What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst that this world can't satisfy? What if trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights, are your mercies in disguise? What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know that you are near? What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? I put the word, the, the words are in this, this book by a bloke I know. Um, it's a chapter called Finding Hope in Hard Places. Um, and, you know, it, 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 I believe it's true that these are moments when we can discover 
the kindness of God. We can discover the faithfulness of God. Speaking personally, I think Angie and I are, are we're, 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 we're a little bit different to what we were four years ago. Um, I, we live perhaps a little bit nearer heaven than we used to. And folks, God is faithful. He is faithful. He, he is. We, yeah, we're living for another day. We're living for, the, for a wonderful future that is guaranteed, that is ours. When we'll not only see the Lord face to face, beautiful. We'll see our beautiful daughter again and others that we know and love. We're living for another day, dear folks. And the challenges of this life can give us that perspective that is the perspective that I believe God wants us to have. So consider it all joy. What? God's at work. God is at work. He can do things in those difficult moments. So what, what, with the joy one, let's move on to the second one. Consider it joy. What's the next one? The next one, I believe, is pray. Pray. Okay. Now, verse 5 says, any of you lack wisdom. I think what that really means is, it, are you trying to work out what's going on? Are you trying to work out how to, what you should be doing, what, what, what decisions you should be making? It, it's not kind of a random, oh, if you want to be wise, it, you know, it, 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 he's not being random and scatty. And he, he's, he, you're walking through trials. If any of you lack wisdom, if you don't know what to do, if you're, if you're confused, if you're just lost in the middle of it all, what should you do? Count it joy, pray. Pray. Talk to your heavenly Father. Talk to him. It may not sound great. It might be, God, where are you? Toby was reading from Psalm 5 earlier on. Folks, it, that, that's prayer. Oh, isn't that naughty? Isn't it wrong to say, to God, I'm not sure where you are. I'm not sure if you... Isn't that wrong? No, it's not. It's called lamenting. We're not very good at it sometimes in our circles. We're a bit kind of rah, 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 everything's going to be great. It's, folks, it's okay. I've I, I actually put a last minute an extra chapter in, in there about lament. I think it's really a powerful thing. Rather than taking your angst and, and just grinding your teeth somewhere else, oh, blah, blah, talk to your heavenly Father, pray, ask. He gives generously to those who ask. Please, if you're in the middle of a, uh, of a trial right now, talk to your Heavenly Father. Pour out your heart to him. Where are you, God? God, are you there? Do you care? God, this is so hard. It's what Job did. God never told him off for doing that. Never told him off. He told off the comforters for being a bit shallow and... You know, he told them off. He never told Job off for really pouring it out with God. Pray, pray, okay? Ask God, talk to him. Don't let the enemy exploit those moments. The doubting thing, okay? That's what it, it's all there in, 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 in uh, verse. If you, if, if you lack wisdom, ask God. I mean, that's encouraging. Who gives generously and without finding fault? He's not going to beat you up. Isn't that beautiful when you come to God in your trial and you're, you're pouring your heart out? He's not going to find fault. Who do you think you are talking to me like that? He's a father. He's your father. You can talk to him. 
you can pour out your heart to him. He doesn't find fault, and it's going to be given you. Now, let me just say about this. Some people get confused about guidance, you know, sort of, God, I want to know whether I should, um, I don't know, wear pink trousers or green trousers. Lord, what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Sort of, the, is it this, is it that? A bit superstitious, almost. Now, I'm going to do a book recommendation. This, this is, an, is a, a really, really, really good book. I bought this years and years ago. It's called Hearing God by Dallas Willard. Um, Angie's got, ordered some copies. They'll be here next week. Um, it's, it's a really, really, really good book. Let me give you a couple of lines. You'll all be queuing up at the bookstore afterwards. Hearing God? A daring idea, some would say. Presumptuous, even dangerous. But what if we were made for it? What if the human system simply will not function properly without it? Is it not, in fact, more presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence without hearing God? It's a very good book. It's not easily available. I don't think it's going to be discounted, is it? <laughs> but, but if you want a copy... Go, do go. By the way, thank you, people who serve on the books, bookshop. Not many churches have bookshops anymore. So glad we have. Thank you for serving, even when the card machine's not working. Thank you. So pray. And see, prayer, I could read another quote from there. Prayer, our communication with God comes out of our communion with him. It's a quote out of there. It's not original to me. But so... You know, it's not sort of hearing God, oh, if, if there's something under the tree around the corner, then God's saying yes. It's, it, it, it's, it's communication. It's, it's, it's you living a life in community with, with the Lord, talking conversationally, walking through the day with him. So what, that's what I mean when I say pray. Oh, it's, it's, it's having an open channel between you and the Lord. So that's the first thing, pray. Don't be double-minded, you know, that's the other, if you're not praying, you're probably, you know, shall I, wondering where to go. Shall I give up? What shall I do? Shall I, I'm going to go back to my old life. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Um, the word he uses there, double-minded man, it literally means two-souled. Got two souls. Two-souled. I think it's, a, James might have invented the word. It's the first time in any Greek literature that that word's used. Um, diastuki, two souls, double-souled. It's like having... Two hearts, two masters. Where are you going to turn? Where are you going to go? Shall I go back? Shall I go? Is it worth? Maybe you're under pressure at work or at college or somewhere, and you're thinking, is it worth following Jesus? You know, it's, this is tough. And you're becoming two-souled. Where's your heart? Keep your heart with the Lord. Tell him all about it by all means. Keep your heart. With, don't be double-minded. Don't let the enemy exploit your trial. It's a vulnerable moment. That's why James is so urgent about this. When you're going through a trial, it's a vulnerable moment, okay? Pray, communicate, fellowship with the Lord, okay? By the way, Bunyan called, um, he's got a character called Mr. Facing Two, was it Facing, Mr. Facing Both Ways. <laughs> Mr. Facing Both Ways. The world following with the Lord, following the Lord. Mr. Facing Both Ways. Don't be that. Keep your eyes on the Lord, even if you talk pouring out the hard stuff. Okay, he's your father. Oh, this is why you can talk to him any way you like. He is your father. Paul tells us in Galatians, 
chapter 4, verse 6, lovely verse. We've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Abba. That's a very personal Aramaic word. It's just Daddy Hawk. So we've got the spirit of adoption, and whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's why you can talk to him in your trial and say anything you like, because he's your father. And he's not going to judge you for it. In fact, he's going to love you for it. Okay? He's your father. Talk to him, please. Why is it the enemy whispers in your ear, oh, you can't pray, you're, not, you're in a bad place, you can't pray. What? God's not going to... That's exactly the time to pray. Somehow the enemy tries to tell you that it's not a moment to pray. Folks, it really, really, really is. He's your father. He wants to hear you. Okay? When a father sees a, a youngster kind of upset, hey, tell me, what's going on? Tell me, come on, tell me. He's your father, please. Talk to him. Okay, so there we go. We've got counted joy, pray. The next one is hold on. Okay, hold on. Now, what am I do, saying here? This, I suppose I've begun that bit already, what I just said. Hold on to the truths about what God is like. Hold on. J.I. Packer, one of my heroes, as you know, he says that the Bible is God's lifeline that we hold on to while the rescue is in progress. Okay? The Bible is God's lifeline that we hold on to while the rescue is in progress. Now, I've extended that illustration a bit further. Because I mean, it is true. God, you're my father. You care about me. You love me. It says it in here. You're faithful. If the Bible is the lifeline, I think worship is the winch that lifts you up. <laughs> I'm not speaking about worship this morning. That's for another day. But that's the power of worship. Okay. But hold on. Hold on. He gives generously, verse 5, without finding fault. And look in verse 12, down in verse 12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, having stood the test, that person's going to receive the crown of life who the Lord has promised to those who love him. One commentary says this, by bringing up the word promise, James touches on the centre of biblical theology, the covenant love of God. He promised. He's going to bring you through because he promised. He's going to bring you home because he's a covenant God. Chesed, the love of God. His covenant love to you He's going to bring you home. Hold on. Okay, you got that one? The next one, this is the last one. Lastly, know your future. Know your future. And James uses a really powerful paradox here. Some, some people call this the great reversal. And really, that's why I put the thing at the top there. Which life is really the good life? Because you might look around and say, oh, you know, like the psalmist said, why, why, do, the, why do the heathen prosper? Why, why do people who are not Christians seem to have a, have a great life? And, and this paradox, says, well, hey, it really isn't a great life. It isn't. It's, it's the flying upside down life. It's going to crash and burn. And, and so this paradox here, the great reversal, 
okay? And I've already mentioned this thing about paradoxes. It, it's to wake us up. G.K. Chesterton said this, uh, a definition of paradox. A paradox is a truth standing on its, head, on its head, shouting for attention. Okay, it makes you stop and think. It's, a, it's turning a truth upside down. It's like, what? Okay, so we've got the, we've got the two paradoxes coming up. There's the, the rich poor and the poor rich. Okay, and I'm going to start off with the poor rich. We think of the rich as privileged. Jesus taught that they were underprivileged. In fact, rich people are at a disadvantage because they don't, they don't know what they really need. They think they've got life sorted and their future is secure because they've got stuff and money in the bank. And it's a disadvantage. The Bible says it's a disadvantage to be rich. If you've got, if God's blessed you, make sure you're generous. It's, it can be a blessing, but... Yeah, money, make sure you're generous and God will bless you. Okay, um, so he's saying, it, he, 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 I mean, he, he's speaking, he quotes actually from Isaiah um, about the, the, the flowers that fade and lose their beauty and, they, you know, end of a hot day, you know, their, their, their heads are gone, the beauty's gone, and so on and so forth. And that, that's what we've got here the poor, rich, they're underprivileged. They, they, it's going to fade. It's, it, it, it's, it, please do not be impressed. I mean, you already know it's true. You look around and you see people who kind of got everything going for them, but they're, they're depressed and they're, whatever stuff. Folks, they're disadvantaged, and it's all going to fade. They're going to pass away like a wild flower. Sun rises, scorching heat, withers the plant, the blossom falls, beauty destroyed, and in the same way, the rich, are going to, the rich will fade away. It's the poor rich. And be careful. If you've got a lot of comfort around your life, make sure you know you need the Lord. I hope you do know you need the Lord. Okay. Lean hard on the everlasting arm. But let's move on. I'm going to stop in a moment. And we're going to talk about the the rich, poor. I was told to give the singers and musicians a lot of time because some of them are halfway around the building. So I'm going to invite them to come back up now while I've got my last point going here. I want to talk about the rich, poor. Because that, as many of us here, you're a follower of Jesus and you feel like it's all falling apart. God wants you to know that you are rich. Let me show you. Now, verse 9 the, the NIV doesn't do very well here. The, the ESV does very well. The, the, the NIV says, believers in humble circumstances. It doesn't say that. It's not that word. It, it's, it's, it's adelphos, which means, it, it means a, 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 a son. It, it's, it's a Philadelphia love, a brotherly love. And it's, I don't know why they've done that. It should, it's, it's ESV. Anyway, it, so in other words, what it's saying here is brothers and sisters... Verse 9, we're speaking about the family of God, brothers and sisters. Adelphos, that's what the word is. Brothers and sisters, in humble circumstances, ought to take pride in their high position. Your family, you're in the family of God. I've already made that point that, that God is your, he's your father, Abba. You're rich. You're in the family of God. 
okay? So we're talking about the rich poor. That's you. You might feel like it's all falling apart. It might feel like you've got nothing left. You might feel you're on your own. I want to say, I want to tell you, you are rich. You're family. You're a child of the living God. You've been saved. You've been redeemed. You're, you belong to the Lord. You're precious in his sight, okay? It's, so it's, 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 you're, in the, you're part of the family. Romans 8, 17. If we're children, then we're heirs. What? Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Do come up, musicians. Up you come. You were co-heirs with Christ. That's who you are. I mean, just please think about this. Jesus ascended from the dead, raised into heavenly glory. He sat in, in heavenly glory. You're a co-heir. Don't tell me you're rubbish and haven't got anything going for you. You're forgotten and destitute. And No, you're not. You're family. You're the family of God. You've got the spirit of adoption. You've got a wonderful future. You really, really have. And it's a future that is eternal. It's wonderful. Okay? Hebrews 12. You've come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, city of the living God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God. <laughs> this, this is who you are. Peter, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, holy nation, people belonging to God. Know your future. Don't be flying upside down. Don't be fooled by the impressive manoeuvres of the world around you, the culture around you. Please, don't be thrown by the trial that you are facing to make you feel useless with nothing going for you. You're a child of the king. You're loved. You've got a wonderful future. There's another bit here. Look at the end here. That's why I've got a verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Feed the white, what was it? Dog. Feed the white dog. Feed, feed your hope in the Lord Jesus. There's quite a good book on hope on the book. So feed, feed the white one. Not the, don't, don't let the what-ifs and the black things. Don't feed that, please. You know, I... What do not go? What ifs? The, the, the enemy uses those, especially if you've just had a diagnosis or something. What if? What if? Don't go there. That's feeding the black thing. Feed the white one, Lord. It's an opportunity for you. I'm going to hold on to you. Okay. Let's look at this last. This 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 wonderful, wonderful last verse. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person is going to receive the crown of life. Whoa, what's the, what's that? What's the crown of life? High privilege, high regard. Well done, good and faithful servant. That, hey, that's, you know, and, and here's another, every trial you go through, you know what it says. You know, we're not going to be compensated when we, when we go to be with the Lord. No, it's not compensation, it's glorification, Okay because we're going to reflect the glory of the Lord. And if you know anything about diamonds and precious stones, and I know very, very little, the more cuts there are on the surfaces, 
the more it will sparkle, the more it will glisten. And the more cuts, the more trials that you have been through in your life, the more you will reflect the glory of God when he finally says, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to ask Jenny to sing a song now. To This is a very personal song. I just want you to hear it. Because if you're in the middle of trial, I want you to know this. You're a child of God. And that is priceless. And if you don't know the Lord today, if you're sitting there wondering, how do I get in on this? That last verse tells you the, the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. It's about loving the Lord. Trust, he's your saviour. He died for you to bring you home to glory. You can trust him. You can give your life to him. Listen to these words. Thank you, Jenny.